Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Listen, those of you that are standing, I want you to remain standing. Those of you that are sitting, if you can stand, if you can, and take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to the book of Mark, chapter 16. I was really wondering what to do um, in the remainder of the service. Really didn't know the direction that I needed to go, and I, I really feel like Holy Spirit just kind of quickened something in my spirit, and uh, I want to share it with you. It won't take about an hour and a half, and we'll be out. So. Mark chapter 16, beginning with verse 15, and I'll, I'll share with you what I, I feel Holy Spirit is saying. Everybody got Mark chapter 16, verse 15? Amen. Amen. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Father, thank you that your word is living in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You can take your seat. <clears throat> I want you to notice something about this passage of Scripture, and most all of us are familiar with it. But Jesus was speaking here, and he said in verse 15, as he was about to exit, planet earth and go back to the father he commanded his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and in verse 16 he makes this statement he says he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved I want to just briefly Describe to you about the word believeth. Because the word believeth, of course, comes from the word believe. But it is a word that describes a persuasion. It is a word that describes a decision that is made. It is a persuasion that I am going to trust in something. So when I believe something, I'm saying I am persuaded 
that this is truth. I am persuaded so much that this is truth that I am going to put my trust in this. There's a big difference in believing and assenting to something. When you assent to something, you simply just shake your head. But when you believe something, it goes past the shaking of my head and it gets in my spirit, in my heart. So it's very important to understand that that we as Christians are not just assenting to the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, but that we believe it. Because assenting to something or shaking my head in a motion of yes or agreement does not make me a born-again Christian. But it is when I believe what I'm hearing is truth, and I am persuaded that what I have heard is truth, and I put my trust in what I've heard. I put my trust in Him. And then Jesus said, so important is this word believing that Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And then Jesus said, after you believe, there's going to be signs that are going to follow you. In other words, Jesus said there are going to be a sign, and a sign is something that distinguishes you from everybody else. For a sign is something that is out of the normal, it is an unusual occurrence. A sign is something that transcends the common course of nature. In other words, what Jesus said was, when you believe and put your trust in me, there are going to be signs that are going to follow you. Signs that are going to take you outside of the common course of nature. Sign that's going to transcend the, the common way of thinking. Signs are going to follow those that believe. Now, I want to stop right there, and I want to go back and, and digress a little bit. And I'm going to talk to you this morning about signs and wonders. And I want to do it from the idea of... Uh, a little bit different. Today, October 31st, how many of you know it's Halloween? Yes, it's Halloween. Halloween is one of the most celebrated holidays that we have. It is 
It is up in the top three of the holidays that are celebrated in our nation. Now, I'm going to say something that might shock you or it might make you mad at me. If you do, you can email me, pastorcornelius24 at yahoo.com, or you can Facebook me. Uh, But I will, no, I won't, but uh, Halloween is a demonic holiday, all right? And I'm not going to go into all that. But Halloween is a demonic holiday. Christmas has been taken over by Santa Claus. And now where it used to be focused on Christ, now on, in many ways it is all about Santa Claus. Resurrection Sunday or Easter, is a holiday that we as Christians celebrate. By the way, Christmas, of course, is the holiday that we celebrate as being the birth of Christ. Now, it was probably not on that day that Jesus was born, but that's the day that we have chosen to set aside as a day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Listen. Nothing wrong with giving gifts. Nothing wrong with having a Santa picture in your house, all right? But if Santa Claus is the focus of your Christmas day, then you've got it all mixed up. Because that's what the enemy wants, is to... Switch it over. That it's not about the birth of Jesus, but it's all about Santa Claus. That desperately needs to lose some weight. Okay? And then we have Resurrection Sunday. And so Resurrection Sunday, to me, is one of the most important Christian celebrations because it is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It should be one of the most joyous celebratory days in our year that we get to celebrate the fact that Jesus, our Savior, rose from the dead. But what does the devil do? The devil says, I've got to stop the celebration of a resurrection. And the only way that I can do it is to get a little bunny to hop across the stage and a little egg to roll around and get everybody's attention off of the resurrection and get it on a bunny. And then we have this holiday of, of, of uh, Halloween that is, is, is nothing about Halloween that is Christian. Absolutely nothing about it is Christian. It is a celebration of witches, warlocks, and demons. Come on, I'm just being honest with you. And so this, by definition, is Satan's day. All Hallows' Eve. 
Now, listen, I want to tell you, when I was coming up, we didn't celebrate Halloween, but I went trick-or-treating every Halloween. I was raised in a pastor's home. We still saw signs and wonders and miracles take place in our home. But people didn't know. When we first started to McCullough Baptist Church, the, the church up there by the gin, I remember vividly, was it you? I, I didn't remember it as good as I thought I did, but... We all had a fire out there by the church on Halloween night. Judy was a witch, and, and, and I was whatever. We all dressed up. We had a Halloween party at church. We didn't know. We didn't understand. So I want to get this clear you're not going to go to hell today <clears throat> if you pass out some candy. But I will tell you this, that you need to do some investigation on how we celebrate holidays. Listen, the Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 4, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Here's what Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning. It was like I was thinking about all this stuff. And I've been, been just kind of browsing Facebook and, and all that over the past few weeks. And I've, I've seen everybody's opinion and their ideas and 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 all of that, and, and, and there's some good ideas and some good opinions and all that, and hopefully you know where I stand on, on those things and, and stuff like that. And, and, and I've seen a lot of people that were saying, well, this is Halloween, it's, it's all demonic, it's demons going to be flying everywhere, and, and, and you know, we, we can't do this, and can't do that and, and all of that and I've seen all of that stuff and I'm not, I'm not criticizing that but as I was doing that Holy Spirit spoke to me this and he said why don't, why don't you quit talking about and glorifying the day and start understanding the opportunity that I am giving you to be a light in the middle of darkness. <laughs> yes, it is an evil day. But yesterday was evil too. And the day before was evil too. And tomorrow is going to be evil too. And sure, there are things that will take place today that might not take place every day. Still evil. But here's the thing 
ladies and gentlemen, that you and I need to understand. And I, I, I man, I, I <clears throat> Lord, going to have to help my throat because I'm about to strip a gear on here. But you, you need to understand that one of the things that has happened over the past decades is that Christians and the church have seen evil rise up and we've buried our head in the sand. We've seen evil rise up and we've talked about how bad it was around the dinner table. And we've talked about how evil it was to our friends or to our neighbors. But what God is saying this morning to McCullough Christian Center is yes, the evil has risen up. Yes, the darkness has come to invade the light. But God said, I am calling the body of Christ to rise up like you've not done before. And instead of just talking about the evil, be the light that will invade the darkness. Be the light that will go into the darkness and bring light to it. The Bible says in John 1, 4, in him was life and the life was the light of men. I've told you this before that the first words that were ever uttered according to scriptures in Genesis when God said, let there be light. And when light came, darkness had to flee. It's quiet up here. The Bible says the light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. In other words, the light shines in darkness. The darkness hates light, but the darkness cannot do anything about the light. You see, that is the reason that I, I woke up this morning with an excitement in my spirit. Not that it was Halloween, but that today we're going to have a fall festival on Halloween day that we're going to have hundreds and probably thousands of people that are going to walk onto the property of this building that God is saying, I am telling you not to celebrate Halloween, but I'm telling you to be the light in the darkness. No other time will you have the opportunity that you will have this evening. And all of them little witches and them little warlocks and all them little demons are going to be walking around in our parking lot. And somebody says, oh, pastor, you're just opening up the church for hell to come in. No, I'm opening up the church for the church to go into hell and invade the darkness and the works of darkness and be the light to this community. You don't have to agree with me. That's fine. But I feel so strongly that there's something different about this time. There's something different about this hour. That it is time for the body of Christ to walk in that that Jesus told his disciples in Mark chapter 16. That you will go about those that believe will signs and wonders will follow them that believe. 
I'm not telling you tonight uh, to get you a bottle of oil and walk around and dab oil on everybody and throw your hand on them and rebuke the devil. But I'm, I'm telling you tonight that it is your presence. It is that that lives inside of you that will let the devil know every time that there goes a child of God. You don't have to declare it. You don't have to say anything about it. You just get around a demon and a demon will get nervous. They will begin to shake and tremble. Why? Because it is the presence of God that lives on the inside. Listen, last Sunday we talked about identity. Identity. We will either identify ourselves with light or with darkness. But those of us that have identified themselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be signs that will follow you that will let the world know that you are different from everybody else. Listen, Jesus said this, and here's some of the signs. Jesus said people will be saved. They will be born again. That lets me know that a sign that's going to follow me as a believer is that people are going to be saved and born again because of what's inside of me. They're going to be baptized. Jesus said another sign that's going to follow them that believe is that demons will be cast out. Listen, I've laid my hands on people before and cast devils out of them. You might say, well, pastor, I didn't know those things existed. It's because you got your head in the sand. Jesus said that's a sign that will follow them that believe. Listen, if you really knew as a child of God that has the anointing on the inside of you, if you really knew how many demons you had already cast out, you'd be standing up here this morning with your chest bowed out. You'd be walking around saying, where's he at? Where's he at? Let me at him. Because I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that there are are many more demons that have to leave their dwelling places because of the anointing that gets in their vicinity. Jesus said they will speak with new tongues. They spoke with new tongues in Acts chapter 2. And it's still happening today. He said they would take up serpents. And some have read this and they said, well... In order to demonstrate my faith, I got to handle a snake. That ain't it, ladies and gentlemen. That ain't it. Leave the snakes alone. They will bite you. So what does that mean? It means that when you begin to walk in the anointing 
and you begin to walk with signs and wonders that are following your life, you, ladies and gentlemen, will attract demonic powers. They will come to try to stop you and try to rob you and try to shut you down. But Jesus said this, you will, you will attract them. He said, but they will not hurt you. They will come to you, but Jesus said, they don't have any power over you. He said, all you've got to do is cast them to the side. To back that up with scripture for those of you that want to handle them snakes and all that, I'll back up what I'm saying. In Acts chapter 16, the Bible says that the Apostle Paul was in a, a little town there and he was preaching the gospel. And signs and wonders were following Paul everywhere he went. The anointing was moving and God was blessing. But he turned around and there was a little girl that was following close behind him. And she was, no doubt, she was a beautiful little girl and all of that. And she looked innocent and all that. But the Bible says that this little girl was making a statement and she was saying these men are the servants of the most high God and all of that and that was absolutely true but what was behind her saying that is that she was a witch she was demonically possessed and she what was happening was that the devil was saying God is doing this he said I got to do something to bring this together so that the devil will get the glory and God will be lost in the shuffle Listen, any time, any time that the anointing of God begins to move, whether it's in a church or whether it's through an individual, you can mark it down. The enemy's going to come to try to mess it up. That's the reason you need to be careful today. Because what I'm saying, some of you might not like it, but be careful that you don't allow the enemy to work through you to cause division. Thank you for that. <laughs> because you've got to understand that the, end, the, the only way that the enemy can stop the move of God. Listen, the only way the enemy can stop the move of God is if he gets in the move of God and dilutes it down. You see, when I become a child of God, I begin to identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the signs that follow me are an indication of who I belong to. You ever been around people where you get around them? You can, you can walk in a room and just be joyful and be excited and all of that and be smiling and laughing. And you get around these people and all of a sudden it's like they've drained you of all your joy. And you just get depressed. You see, signs follow all of us. But the sign that should be following the child of God is the joy and the peace because it indicates to a lost and dying world who you belong to. So the importance of signs is this. 
It lets the world know who you belong to. So I thought about this this morning, that Christians are judged by not so much by what they accomplish as by the character they reveal. It is who they are before what they do. You see, the presence of God, the anointing of God working in my life, in your life, identifies us to the world that we're different. That's the reason there's such an assault on Christianity today. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but there's not an assault on any other religion. As a matter of fact, other religions are growing and thriving. But there's an assault on Christianity. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but the Quran is not under attack today. But the Bible that you hold in your lap this morning is forbidden in many places in our nation today. You can talk about what Buddha said, or Muhammad said, or Confucius said, or Sun Young Moon said, all you want to. But when you begin to talk about what Jesus said, then it creates some struggle. Why? If you needed proof that God is God and Jesus is the Lord and the Son of God, then just start talking about Jesus. Just begin to mention the name of Jesus. And every demonic power around will rise up. Oh, I'm offended. That, that is proof. Listen, I don't need to go back thousands and thousands of years and research and find out if Jesus was really real. All I've got to do is walk out in a public place and say, Hey, y'all, do you know Jesus? And the demons of hell will stand up and say, You don't need to be saying that. But I guarantee you, if I walk out there and say, hey, have you ever heard of Confucius? He, he can offer you peace and all that. Everybody say, yay. Because I want you to know that the real Jesus will always make himself known. The real God will always let the world know who he is. He don't need a billboard. All he needs is a vessel. Man, that is good stuff right there. You remember the story of, of Jesus when he was on the ship and they were headed toward the, the land, the, the country of the Gadarenes, and they landed on shore there. I've talked about this before. And they got on, on the shore there. And the Bible says that there was one 
that the demons in this individual identified themselves as legion. This wasn't the man's name, but it was an indicator of the demonic possession or the degree of possession that was in this man. The Bible says this. Here comes the disciples. And they row up, slide up on the sand. Jesus stands up. Steps out of the boat onto the shore. The Bible says that the demons in Legion recognized him afar off. He didn't have an entourage that went on before him and got there and said, Hey, everybody, I want to let you know Jesus is coming. No, the Bible says that the demons in Legion recognized him afar off. And when they saw him, the man, not the demons, the man ran toward Jesus. What does that let you know? That lets you know what I've been talking about. That the devil recognizes the anointing in a much greater degree than many times we do. The devil recognizes the presence of God in a way that you and I are not even known of. Listen, the devil knows when somebody walks by that they've got the presence of God in their lives. The the devil knows that when somebody gets around them, the demons know i got to get away from them because he's got the presence of God in him. You hadn't got to be the loudest kid on the block. You hadn't got to dress a certain way to let everybody know that you are a quote Christian. All you've got to do is spend a little time in the subject of neology. Getting on your knees and praying and asking God to fill you with his anointing and his power. And so that when you get out and you walk around, every demon demon of hell will know, there goes Deborah. Some of y'all think why people be acting weird around you and strange around you when you're walking down the aisle of Walmart. Why did they give me such a dirty look? And you walk around, oh, why don't people like me? And you don't recognize that it's the anointing of God working in your life. And and demons see that. They're not going to smile at you and say, hey, how are you doing? So the Bible says that Jesus stepped off the ship. And in effect looked at this man that had been making his home in the graveyard among the tombs. This is what I, and I'm going to try to close after this. This man, and this story is in in the book uh, of uh, Mark chapter 5. But I want you to notice, this man made his home 
among the tombs. In other words, he dwelt in dead places. One of the other things about this man, or no, let me, let me say this. This man made his home among the tombs, but life, life stepped off the boat that day. And there is a contrast there of life and death, of light and darkness. They cannot commingle. You see, how you spend your time and where you spend your time defines who you are. He spent his time among the tombs and that defined who he was. Remember what the angel said in Luke chapter 24 and verse 5. On the day of resurrection, that, the, that they came down to the tomb and they looked in the tomb, the place that was designed for dead folks. They looked in the tomb and there was no body there. Get it? There was no body there? There was no body there. The tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. But now listen to this. In Luke chapter 24 and verse 5, Mary and all of them were looking around and they were wondering, well, I know this is the right place. I know this is the right tomb. There's the stone and all of that, but there's nobody here. And as they were looking around, the Bible says that there were two angels that were there that said to them these words. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? Listen, this man was in rebellion. They could put chains on him and he would break the chains. They could not contain him. They could not control him. That is an indicator that you and I within ourselves cannot control the evil influences that are going on around us. The, the only thing that, that can deal with the darkness that we are experiencing now is the power of the light of the gospel. He was breaking chains that lets us know that demonic power is real. It has power and all of that. But I want you to know this, that when Jesus uh, stepped off of that boat, he is the ultimate chain breaker. Listen, the, the, this, demon, this man that was demon possessed was breaking the chains that man was putting on him. But the one that stepped off the boat broke the chains that the devil had put on him. Mm. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. 
He was cutting himself with stones. And I want to slow down right there. Because there are people today that are still cutting themselves. There are young people today that are cutting themselves. Taking razors and cutting themselves. Why? Why is that? And I'll, listen, and I don't take, I don't say this lightly because perhaps there are even people that are listening to me right now that you are a cutter. I want to tell you something about a cutter. Why was this man cutting himself with stones? It's in Luke chapter 24. You can read it. He was self-inflicting pain in an attempt to deal with an inner pain. I don't know how many kids that Judy and myself have talked and parents that we've talked to that said, my child is cutting themselves. It's because there's a hurt in them. The only way they know how to deal with it is to cause pain, hoping that it will take the inner pain away. All of this was involved in that scenario. And I want to go back, and I'm not harping on this, but I want to go back. Tonight, if you will just observe, if you will just watch, there's no telling how many people you will see that will walk through this property that are in rebellion, they're living in dead places. People have tried to control them, but they are uncontrollable. And they're doing things to inflict pain on their own body, hoping that it will give them some relief of what's going on on the inside. But I want to tell you something this morning, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know the abuse that you might have gone through. And I don't know what you might have experienced years ago. I don't know even what you might be experiencing right now. But listen, I want to tell you this, that there is one today that is being presented to you and his name is Jesus Christ. And, and listen, if you will open yourself up to Him and trust Him as your Lord and Savior, He will take away the pain. He will take away the rebellion. He will rebuke the devourer that has come to devour you. Listen, the devil wouldn't want to destroy you if God didn't have a plan for your life. The devil wouldn't spend so much time trying to rob you of your mind if there wasn't something there that God was saying, I want to use. You need to recognize today that this is the day that God is saying come come oh what a day that must have been when Jesus stepped off of that boat and, and legion was there with all the demons and all of that and Jesus said go and get out and leave and they went into a herd of swine and the swine committed 
swine side. Here's the thing, and, and I'm going to have to close. Here's the thing. We can talk about believing. We can talk about baptism. We can talk about signs and wonders all we want to. But here's the thing. Here's where, so to speak, the rubber meets the road. In verse 19 of Mark chapter 16, Jesus said, or the Bible says this, that after the disciples heard what Jesus said, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven. The disciples had been identified by the person of Christ up until this time. You understand what I'm saying? They had been identified by the person of Jesus. Jesus goes up into heaven, but they didn't lose their identity. Because Holy Spirit came, and Holy Spirit gives us our identity now. Listen. Jesus received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And listen to verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. The Lord will never work greater than when you get in the darkest of times. See in here this morning, and and listen, we love to do it. We Christians, we lay hands on each other. Now we just lay hands on everybody, and they're all saved and supposedly redeemed and and set free and all that. We're just laying hands on them. The anointing man's just flowing, man. We're just laying hands on everybody. They've fallen out in the spirit and all that. That was revival. Here's revival. Here's revival. When you're on a street corner. God says, that's darkness, your light, penetrate the darkness. Here's revival. God working with them. As long as I'm on this side, this side over here is saved. They're redeemed. I don't know about some of y'all over here, but. Everybody over here is saved and redeemed. Long as I stay over here, long as I stay over here, is my light shining? 
But when I get over here, and he's over here with the exception of Miss Willinette. Darkness is all around. When I get over here, I become a beacon of light. So see, when I, when I come from over here, my light's all charged up. It's like I've been plugged in all night and I am charged up and the light is flowing out of me. And when I step over here, all of a sudden, Light explodes. Everywhere I go, the devil is saying, Whoo, hide my eyes. Because the light has invaded the darkness. The greatest place where the, where the anointing of God will work will be out there in that parking lot. The greatest place where the anointing of God will work will be on your job or in your school, young person. It will be on the streets or in the stores or in the grocery store. That's where the light is needed. We come in here, plug up, get charged up, go out there and be the light. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Amen. I want to go back to the start. Yes, this is a holiday that is dedicated to darkness. But I really believe that Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning and said, yes, it is a day that's dedicated to darkness. He said, but I'm telling you, invade the darkness. Because the darkness cannot hold the light. And I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You need to quit thinking of yourself as being insignificant and not able. Because I want you to know that when Jesus Christ comes into your life, Everything, all things are possible with him that is on the inside of you. So here's the thing, and I'm going to ask the prayer team if they will to come. I know it's, it's a little bit long. We've already had so much church here this morning. But here's what I want to, I want to tell you this morning. I believe today there are people that are hurting, that are wounded, that have heard this word today. And I'm telling you, Jesus wants to set you free. Jesus wants to set you free. The devil has done everything he could to define your life and to rob you of your peace and of your joy. But I'm telling you, the Word of God, listen, the Word of God will bring freedom to you. Jesus will bring freedom to you. You've got to make a step. You've got to step out from where you've been, and you've got to recognize that you've got to step into who he is.